0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Biology Report. Damien Fleming here, as always. Um, bigger lockdowns in Victoria, feeling for everyone um, around the state. Not that it's um, not a problem everywhere in Australia and in the world, but um, stay safe, keep doing the right thing. Joining me, as always, well, for the second week in a row, uh, the captain of the Victorian cricket team, a man who opted cricket over a promising tennis career. He actually beat Nick Kyrgios in a junior tournament. It's Pete Hanscom.
1: Oh, Flem with these introductions, I'm going to have to keep coming back each week. That's just fantastic. Was it a big choice, tennis? No, not even close, mate. Tennis was, uh, was good fun, absolutely loved playing it, but I was getting beaten by guys two years, three years, my junior, and... And I saw the light pretty quickly there and, and cricket was going well.
0: So you didn't really beat Nick Kyrios, did
1: you? No, 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 I just no. added I just added
0: it. that because it's how rumors start too. Like um well, I'm, I think I'm, there was one... happy,
1: to go, happy to go with it. Like if you if you want to um if you want to throw it out there, maybe put it in a tweet, see what he says back. Um I mean oh, he, he wouldn't it. remember if I him or not. So nah. let's let's
0: let's go with it. I think I'll it my apology out and just announce it because AB De Beers, if you see not you know, like he was number one rated squash player in uh, South Africa, he is off scratch golf and there's about eight things yeah. and then I think there's only three that are correct. But if you just keep giving it a bit of oxygen, yeah. If it gets massive. It
1: there, Glenn, people will people will start to believe it. So
0: I'm um, I'm happy to go with it if you're if you're with it too. Okay, I'll leave it in then. Hey, um, what about we're talking about the lockdowns? What does that mean for you guys at Victorian Cricket? Because up until now, you know, professional sportsmen, you've had some uh, uh, exemptions about training. You know what, what's happened this week?
1: Yeah, a bit of a um, well ever-changing environment, and and something that uh, that we're working closely with the government each day. And and you know, funnily enough, today we went in. Um, you know, we've got that exemption and. Uh, and training as usual um and then halfway through training the big chief sean Graff, you know oh, pulls yes. us in yeah you know when he comes out to talk Strutting to the boys, in
0: big, big
1: chest big. oh yeah had had the chest protruding mate and uh <laughs> looking good looking very good but in his um in his booming voice told us that uh, as of tonight the junction oval is being closed or being shut down uh, as we wait for more uh you know, government reassurance or government exemptions based on whether we, we can or can't train, and I think that's just basically because the government need would have an influx of businesses asking, you know, what's going on that they can't respond to everyone straight away.
0: Because up until now, would you think that um, you were building nicely? for 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 a shield season you know to go away and get some practice games before you know potentially going to Queensland or whatever yeah
1: we've been uh we'd started skills you know maybe 6 weeks ago now 5 weeks ago and and the boys were were building nicely uh you know we even ran a, a bloody 2k tong trial oh. this morning before, before Graffy came and talked to us so uh, <laughs> one thing Graffy be quicker second thing S and C, like come on, just just plan that in a couple of days or next week or something. Yes. But, uh, no. So we had to yeah, had to run a two k time trial in pairs in at different time slots in the morning so that we could fit in with the uh, with the COVID laws. So is that the
0: is that the standard fitness test these days? And who who's ripping it up for the Vix?
1: Yeah, that's that's sort of the standard one. We've got. Um, got 2k time trial and then a couple of gym things liftings one one rep kind of stuff um and probably will sutherland is the is the dominator definitely of the 2k time trial he i think he ran maybe under 6 30 this morning um without without um you know getting out of second gear meanwhile i'm struggling along in in middle of the pack middle of the back at about uh closer to 7:30 but you know we'll just we'll say it was closer to 7 but you, you never know um
0: anyone well I've got a, I've got a bit of a theory actually Jane um uh, uh Will's dad James was a good runner even though he's about 6 foot 5 he he's years yeah. in the squad he he was always up there um when I first started, you know, it was just random. A fitness guy'd turn up, and we, if we're training at the junk, we just have to run the lake. Do you know what I mean? Like you bowled hundred and eighty overs, and then go run the lake. And because I played at South Melbourne, I was running the lake twice a week after training for that. So some weeks I'm running it three times. You know, so you were you were dominating though the fitness the fitness testing then is that what Not, you're trying to say? Well, the thing is, not not bad, not bad because I, I knew I knew the wind breaks because I was doing ah. it that much. Um, we actually had some South Melbourne blokes who decided to swim across, but <laughs> it actually took them longer. And to give it away as well, they, they were they were late, but they were wet, which yeah. is a bit of a giveaway. But, well, then we, but then we got the beep test. Did were you ever get through a beep test stage? Um, the beep test was
1: probably more high school for me. Yeah. Um, the first test that I had coming into Victorian cricket was actually the yo-yo, which is kind of like a... Yeah,
0: it's a superseded.
1: Of, yeah, ...of the beep test. Uh, you kind of just have repeat efforts with a little bit of a break in between. Um, but I think that got too hard for the S&Cs to set up. So now they, so they basically just said, run in a straight line for 2K and we'll time you.
0: Well, generally, we just copy whatever the AFL does, but 10 years later, let's be honest. But
1: um, <laughs> yeah, beep right.
0: test for me, though, like it, it was a real eye-opener. You know, like, I, I'm a very slow runner myself, but I didn't have bad endurance. So, yeah, beep test, not bad until my knees went a little bit later. But uh, it was a standard test for us. But when I got to the Aussie team, it was a real eye-opener because... Um, it was a way of obviously gauging how you're going and whether you were keeping your fitness and all that sort of stuff. But um I noticed straight away, David Boone, right? Booney yep. would get to 10 every time and just pull out. So he didn't improve, but he didn't go worse.
1: Smart. And
0: Steve War eight. Eight. Wow. Same. Never got less, never got more. And I remember... There was one I got myself really fit and I got fourteen and a half, which was, you know, top for me. I yep. dropped to fourteen the next time, but I got a bit in trouble because I dropped eight stages. <laughs> and, um, but Booney only gets ten. Too professional, yep. Booney.
1: No, no, nah, he's he's done that well. You never want to go too hard because then yeah, if you have a bad day and you you get lower than what you normally get, you're you're in trouble. So Especially at the start of the preseason as well. You never make sure you come in too fit because you need to make sure you've got improvements throughout preseason.
0: So who's the best of that in the Victorian team? Consistency. Uh, I'd say well, I'd say Seb
1: Gotch is a is uh, a good one for for coming back maybe a little underdone, but allowing himself enough time to, you know, really get up and firing for for the season and it just makes him it makes him look great you know as he gets on this um you know, exponential curve basically of fitness um and it's yeah you, know, you know it's praises all around well done Sam.
0: <laughs> um now we talked last week what what what's happening else at home that yep. uh, any any tv
1: well not 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 a great deal uh TV for me mate now that i'm you know helping helping you out on the biology reports. Of a lot of my time's been, you know, based around research and, and trying to find out some some interesting stuff, maybe some fun things. Um, what about <laughs> you, mate? What's uh, what, you've been doing this for years? So I dare say you've got a bit of time on your hands.
0: Yeah, I've um, you know been Netflix has got me a fair bit, but um, I tell you what, has on Fox Sports is is the World Series Classics. So well you, you tend to get um people watching it and then asking your questions on social media and the big one this week has been Australia versus Australia A which was a series back in (laughs) 1994-95. England were touring, Zimbabwe were touring. I think Cricket Australia or the ACB were worried about Zimbabwe's performance. Well they should have been worried about England's as well because Australia (laughs) A actually made the final and we played them three times. It was such a weird series so Australia A generally were the up-and-coming players. You know, Damien Martin was captain, Um, you know, Ricky Ponting. Um, They had a couple of older guys, good veterans like Merv and and Paul Rifle. Uh, I think Michael Bevan might have ended up in in that. And we had sort of the older team. So I remember the first game I thought something was up because we played at the Gabba and I'm bowling to Queensland hero Matthew Hayden. Uh, yes. And I've I've never copped so much shit on the boundary line in my whole life. And I remember just... You're playing for Australia. Well, I looked down at my badge and just to <laughs> reconfirm, re- I'm playing for Australia and I'm getting out and out abused, the Victorian bowling to the Queensland heroes. Yep. So I was I was starting to think, well, this could turn a bit ugly. So they make the finals and we go to Sydney, all right? And the things I notice here is the selectors are worried they want Australia to win. Paul Rifle, who's the best bowler for Australia A, eh, um, comes over to us and they make him 12th man. <laughs> so, which was weird because I was 12th man in a previous game and Pistol said to me, this is not fair, you're the 12th best player in Australia, but the 23rd best player's is playing. So that happened to Pistol on the on the reverse. Yeah, then there go. was this big altera- uh, altercation between McGrath and Hayden. Big Hayden's got his big chest out. Um, Glenn's chesting him as well. So I think that said to the viewers, this is absolutely serious. Serious. Yeah. But for me, I learned about the fickleness of cricket. Early in the summer, we're playing England in the Test matches and we bowled first in the Sydney Test. Ball's swinging everywhere. It was just a good year for cookers. I don't know if they're like red wines, if they have good years, but these, these red cookers, I wish yeah. we could have bottled them up. And bowling to a guy called Graham Gooch, who's an outstanding player. Beat him three times, and, I, and it was swinging heaps, so I just got closer and closer and closer. Ball one on middle, bit of a dream ball, nick to heels, one for none, end of the over, walked down to fine leg at the SCG, standing ovation. And that's big. You know, for a Victorian to yeah. get a standing ovation, like I've been abused a bit in state cricket up there. So month and a half later, finals, Australia 8, um, I'm not going to lie. I had a reasonably big night. That 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 was the protocol back then. I won't dob in who I was out with. Um, um, but he's called the judge, and um, so we both, that? Great man, JD yeah. Law. Um, yeah. We need to get him on for a chat. He can maybe tell talk us through the story. Come on, and my great mate Greg Blewett. He was the biggest improver that summer. So he wasn't starting with Australia right? comes in and he's belting the ball everywhere he's bowling his 10 overs he is on fire and gets himself into the test team but good mate of blues ran in maybe a little bit hung over a bit stiff three half follies on leg stump right which he just dashes help- for
1: four just helping out a mate though that's that. that's
0: no. <laughs> maybe the first one so, Pete, yeah. I've got numb for 12 in the first over. Walked down to the same area at Fine Leg, which I did during the test match. Guess what? Got another standing ovation. <laughs> Those fickle bastards, yeah. I tell you.
1: Mate, It's you, you go out of Victoria and it's a different, it can be a different world. Um, it
0: is a different world. Did you did you check out any of that Australia A stuff? Funny enough, yeah. Watching
1: which, it i watched a couple of the games. Um, the one at the SCG and the one at the MCG. Um, the one, the games I saw. You featured nicely the one at the the MCG. Do you? Yeah. That one, I thought. I thought that's why you, you might have been rewatching them.
0: Yeah, it just it hurts me. I think I got four for twenty. It doesn't go in your in your figures. It's not rated right an international game. It would have got my averaged out. Oh,
1: ah. Gee,
0: that would have um, helped. But I don't want to talk through how I got Hayden, Ponting, Robertson, George, all them. Um, my memory of that game was Booney, right? This is the most animated I've ever seen him on the field. You know, Booney, big moustache, big image, but he, introverted character and you'd never see his lips move. You know, he always he was a low talker, Booney, but what a great man. What a great man to have a beer with. But he got his only wicket for Australia. Phil Emery, we're naming names, Phil Emery played the spin and was dismissed. I've never seen Booney went
1: off. Booney's putting the ball down with two, maybe three revs on it. (laughs) Ball's going straight. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's a happy man after that, that's for sure.
0: uh, he, He was pumped. But Australia nearly won both games. It went down to the last over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they, like you said, they had the crowd on their back um, and, and just going against you guys, which I've, it's, that's extraordinary. Sort of typical Australian crowd though, going for the yeah. underdog. Um, bit of that tall poppy syndrome, you know, bring, bring, bring the elite back down and, and go for those underdog
0: guys. But it was great that they were, they were awesome games. And massive crowds as well. And I, I remember when the final nail on the coffin of Australia 8 was like Tubby Taylor, our captain, was not happy throughout. You know, these brash youngsters were just showing us up, really. We ran the victory lap, you know, which you do with the trophy, and we seriously got booed the whole way around. And I oh, just no. knew to myself, Tubby, the look on his face was going, this is never going to happen again, and it didn't. Um... And I put a poll question out there. Who did you support? What do you think the percentage was, Australia versus Australia A? Well, judging, judging by that, I'm
1: going to say Australia A by a country mile.
0: Yeah, about three-quarters of the
1: vote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: But who knows? We might see it again one day. Yeah, yeah, bring it back. Good fun. Pistol Pete's Things You Need to Know in Cricket This Week.
1: Beautiful. Lovely title as well. <laughs> Might need a bit of work. But, um, yeah, a little bit of news coming out this week. Uh, the IPL is set to be played, has been moved from normal March, April months, has been moved to September 19th to November the 10th uh, and to be played in the UAE. Um, so, I mean, it's good. it's good that we're getting... Cricket to go yeah. ahead. I'm all, I'm all for being able to play cricket. Um, unfortunately, those dates are also going to clash with, uh, well, our Shield season, our, our domestic season here back home. Um, so that will yeah, be interesting I, to see
0: what, what a couple of players, what happens to a couple of players there. Yeah, it's not the first time they've played in the UAE, so I think they're pretty confident, you know, they can get it going. There's a few stadiums there, but it'd um, be very interesting, isn't it, like building into a test series. But also with the lockdown at the moment, I'm really worried when domestic cricket will start in Australia too. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's talk of – another thing is, is there's talk of these hubs um, for potential domestic cricket. Um, this year, obviously, there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge there between the ACA and CA uh, in yeah. terms of how that's all going to look, what dates – uh, you know, that might be, and, and in terms of whether we get a full season in, half season, or, you know, we wait for uh, the big bash and, and the test cricket to start and we go from there. Yeah. So, wait and see. Uh, watch, yeah, watch this space kind of thing. Um, while we're on T20s, uh, Australia and West Indies were set to be playing some T20s. That has been postponed as well, unfortunately, but I think, we, uh, I think we're all pretty yep. well aware that that was, that was probably going to happen um, considering the state of of, uh,
0: of everything going on, um, especially in Victoria at the moment as well. I think were, it was linked in if the, the T20 World Cup had gone ahead too. They, they were sort of like warm-up games, weren't they? So I'm not surprised by that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, going over to England now, they've just finished their Test Series with with, with the West Indies. Uh, and they're now starting a test series against Pakistan pretty well today. Uh, yeah, tonight. I mean, yeah. There we go. So get out, listen to this, uh, put the TV on mute and listen to to us talk while the, the game's on in the background.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, be interesting moment. I mean, you played uh, test cricket against Pakistan. I mean, they're, they're a seriously talented team, you know, I just worried that, uh windys won the first test didn't they like it was sort of even the preparation didn't really come into play but england having played three tests uh you know that's going to be tough for pakistan
1: yeah yeah i think you're, you're spot on there england have had have had a lead in now that and they're hitting their straps uh you know their their bowlers are starting to fire uh their batters are brilliant especially in their yeah. own conditions um but I, I wouldn't mind staying on this for a little while just talking about a bit more about Pakistan um, and some of their guys to look out for, and I think a key man for Pakistan is, is going to be uh, Baba Azam. I think that's that's a given. Um, just looking at his last seven innings, he scored four hundreds. Uh, now I know they those innings were a little while ago and, and potentially in, in different conditions, but uh, you know I think he's going to be a big, big, big man that they can build. Totally agree. Um, totally
0: agree. Oh, I love watching him play. I mean, he if he keeps going on that curve, you know, he, he struggled a bit in Test Creek when he started. I mean, you played a couple against him early on, but um the curves on the incline, you know, I think he's gonna be in the top echelon batsman in the world. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's that's just him finding his feet in test
1: cricket and you start to get that that self belief after you know you get backed and back to to play more games and own your role and own your spot. Um he is, without a doubt, owning his role in spot right now and he's doing doing a, a great job for them. Um, another
0: he's guy... Who's got Oh, sorry, keep going.
1: No, no, sorry. Uh, another guy I was interested in um, that was taking an indefinite break from test cricket but has has come back and said he'd, he'd play for Pakistan is, is Wahab Riaz um, yeah. as a... You know, if he comes back in, that's that's an experienced uh, experienced bowling attack. He could really help some of the young guys, uh, like like Naseem Shah, help him help him along. Um, you know, we're talking fast. So fast a, free,
0: he's a, a gun as well, isn't he? That he's going to take yep. over two hundred Test wickets, easy.
1: Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and it's it's just exciting. I think they've got some some real pace. Uh, that they'll be able to utilise in England, and hopefully
0: some experience there as well. And I think mohammed Abbas, who who might have been injured, you know, didn't play the first test against us last um, summer, but he um, big factor in England. He'll yes. get a lot of wickets over there.
1: Yeah, and he's played a bit of county cricket as well, so he'll probably understand the conditions uh, and what he'll what he'll need to do when he's when he's running into ball. Um, but finally, I think just while we're on it, the the big question is having seen the, the tests with West Indies, whether they go uh, two spin or or just a one. And
0: um, it seems to be like some quite dry dry wickets at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it says that I don't know if England have got a match-winning spinner, you know, whether it's going to take, um, you know, you take a second spinner over someone like, um, well, I'm thinking Broad, you know, one of their quicks who... Or Archer, they're talking about, aren't they? It'd be a big call.
1: Big call. I mean, it's hard to bring in another spinner when your quicks are that good. I guess you know you just back them in in those conditions, and uh, you know back their skills. Yeah, definitely. Um, While we're in England, this is this is uh, one of my more favourite stories. Happened overnight. Uh, England have been playing (laughs) Ireland in. Yeah, some one-day one day internationals. And now it was, it was three one-day internationals. The first two, um, happy to talk about a little bit, but, you know, maybe we'll come back to them. But last night, Flem Island got
0: up against the old rivals. I mean, just just great to Boom. see. Yep. Boom. We just love it. I think they're going to smash them. Um, hundreds from from Irish players. Yep. Um O'Brien, again, who's been a bit of a nemesis of, of English cricket. He's a big man. He hits a long ball. But um little dip for England, who, um, yeah, I mean, you played against them in the semi, I mean, the build-up. Well, I mean, their, their previous couple of years, I mean, I think they were taking one-day cricket to a level, batting-wise, that I'd never seen. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and no, I completely agree. I think the way England have been setting up their one-day team Probably over the last maybe five to six years, I think has been very, very impressive. Uh, they've they backed in some younger players, gave them a lot of games, and for the last two to three years, they've been reaping those rewards. Uh, very consistent, yeah. um, very consistent players selections. Uh, guys like you know Besto and and Roy at the top, there just doing unbelievable things. We saw we saw Besto in. Um, in the second game, uh, go absolutely off. Got fifty off twenty-one balls, the fastest fifty for England, equaling the fast fifty. Eventually finishing eighty-two or forty-one. Like these guys, like that, just take take a game away from you. Um, and, and it's, I, I, it's
0: been, it's been I, impressive to watch. Yeah, I mean, there's not many batting lineups. I mean, you know, some of the big names aren't even playing. You know, in this game, but they they can hit all the way down. Like, you know, Willie 51 or 42, you know, Karen 38, Rashid's batting 10. Yeah,
1: Adil Rashid's got first class hundreds, plenty of them. Yeah. Well, he's a good batter and can swing the bat when he needs to clear the fence as well. So they're a dangerous attack. And I think having that, having that depth with their batting order gives the top order so much more freedom just to play their natural game, knowing that they've got guys to come behind them as well. Yeah, uh, I think well, I think they're a dangerous, dangerous side, especially with um, you know half of their players playing Test cricket at this at this same time as well.
0: But guess what? They lost to Ireland. Bad luck. Move on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Bad luck. Well, while while we're over there, and
1: maybe um, you know, on the topic of, of Irish cricket, where county cricket started, uh, has started back, and, and one of the stalwarts of County Cricket is Tim Mertzer playing for Middlesex. He's still going. Um, it happened to be his birthday during the week. Uh, so happy birthday. How old is he? Uh, 52, I think the boys told him. <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's looking hes looking like he's 18 every time he runs in. So that was great. But not only did he have his birthday, he also got a 5 to celebrate. So well done. Um, and also just a couple of the other old boys um and uh names
0: of well, I see Darren, Darren Stevens still playing. He's Darren you know, Stevens he used to slog going. him and he and he's getting the ball over. But um yeah, good win by your boys, Middlesex. I saw Dizzy's yes. uh, Sussex had a loss, but um and for the Bob Willis Cup too, you know what a legend, Bobby. I think they've released a book on his life. Um so I'm glad it's named and um I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're playing cricket over there. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it is really good to see. And and talking to a few boys over there, they're absolutely loving it um, and obviously doing everything uh, within the rules of the the COVID restrictions. And um, and it's just great to see some some live cricket out there again, especially at a domestic level. Yep. Um, Coming back to Australia, uh, we've seen one of the greats. Come back to Melbourne, Flynn. In Meg Lanning, she went yes. and had a little, uh, let's say, vacation over in in Perth. Um, and Melbourne have welcomed her back with open arms. Yeah. I would have thought she's back straight my, back into the stars. My daughters uh,
0: very happy. They're very happy. They want to watch Meg. Yep, for the stars. Um, and she's a melbourne girl victorian it was it was it's just great to
1: see her come back it, everyone was always you know a bit shocked at the move over to perth um, yeah but uh but yeah it's great to see a, a victorian return home um and i I think she'll do amazing things with the stars as as she was doing when she was first playing there as well
0: yeah and not the and and fair to say the stars need it too there's some really yeah, good yeah, young yeah. talent. You know, Annabelle, Sutherland, Tess Flintoff. uh so they're they're only gonna uh, improve more being around Meg Lanning.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Her experience is gonna be is gonna be great for them and, and hopefully they can yeah, drive their game. Uh finally for Newsweek, uh this week is one year on uh from Steve Smith's return oh. to Test cricket, in which was emphatic form uh with two hundreds uh, back-to-back hundreds against England in the first Ashes Test at Edgbaston—just extraordinary scenes, Flem. Uh, the fifth, only the fifth Australian ever to go back-to-back hundreds in an Ashes Test, uh, and it was just great to to remember that that was a year ago.
0: It feels like about five years ago. Seeing we've been in lockdown, but um, you know, it was it was inspirational. Um, we weren't sure how they are going to go. You know, Warner was very good in the World Cup. Smithy was pretty good. But geezy lifted once he got the whites on and some handy partnerships with the tail too. You know, Vegan Venom from Peter Siddle, you know, what Ooh, how man. handy was that in the you know, what a tough competitor um Sids has been throughout his career. No doubt Justin Lang has identified that. But um what just a few words from yourself on someone like Peter uh, sorry, Stephen Smith. You know, what you know, what you like as a teammate and 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 uh, and a bat with yeah he's phenomenal
1: to bat with there's just and, and i think everyone can see it but he is reading the game at a at a different level i think he understands what the bowler is is trying to do to get him out and get everyone else out in the team and so he is able to you know sort of get that message across to you and and help you when you're out there being like all right look this might be planned have you thought about this maybe moving across or you know, potentially give you stumps up to, to score through the offside, put pressure back on them. Um, he's always thinking, and you can see that in the way he plays as well because he <laughs> he seems to have so much time to do whatever he wants and it just
0: he's just that far in front of the game. It's, it's awesome to watch. I remember watching those innings and it's almost one of the first batsmen I've ever seen this because he's um, so weird out there with his mannerisms and they got... Uh, more extreme, didn't they? His leaves and pointing at the batsman yeah. and all that. Um, you can feel like when they pan around to the slits, you feel like they're not going to sledge him because they just feel like, well, what's it going to do to him anyway? And the yeah. bowlers have sort of got their arms going, well, w- what can we do? Like, you know, there's a real helplessness in when he gets yeah. into that zone because w- what are your options? You can't sledge him, you can't intimidate him, um, yeah. you know every tactic he seems to have a plan against.
1: Yeah, yeah, he definitely can't sledge him. You try and talk to him and that just puts him more and more into the zone. Um, but he has that amazing ability of still hearing what you're saying, uh, but just smiles, gets on with it, gets back in the zone when he's, when he's facing up for the next ball and then either smacks it or leaves it in his fantastic manner and moves on to the next ball. It's, it's just it's awesome when you're playing with him, playing against him. Uh, a still level a couple of times. It's been, it's been some some tough tough days in the dirt.
0: Well played. Well, that was Pistol Pete's things you need to know in cricket this week. And Pete, what about our guest this week? He's a Collingwood Premiership player, a life member of that club. He's now coaching over in Port Adelaide, but more importantly, down Gippsland Way. They know him differently. From the Pakenham Upper Yabbies, he as a batsman wicketkeeper, finished as a big quick. It's, of course, Tyson Goldsack. Thanks for joining us, Goldie.
2: No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. How exciting to flash back on my illustrious cricket career that it was.
0: Well, let, let's start Mate, I, there, big fella. So, um, did you play all your cricket down there? And, and what happened? Was it just a growth spurt to becoming a, a wimpy wicketkeeper to a big quick? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I, um, well, I started when I was 12. Uh, so, I kind of played cricket long before i touched a footy or um, even considered playing footy. So, uh, we... Under 12s, Friday night, it kind of it suited mum and dad's schedule really well. So, like, yeah, you can, you can do that. Because football at that age is on a Sunday. And mum and dad are like, we're not giving away our Saturdays, which my brother occupied um, for football, for you to do that. So, kind of the, the Friday night schedule worked. And, yeah, come winter, it was all about a Saturday. So, so yeah, like you said, um, batsman, wicketkeeper, uh, but just trying to find my way in the cricketing world. I had a growth spurt. Oh, would I have been maybe fifteen sixteen um, and then I think they, the guys at the at, at the Yabbies, the mighty Yabbies up in the hills thought you know we'll, we'll give it the new pill and see what you can do with it
1: because you, know awesome. you know who else you know else started their career uh, Tice, as a as a keeper who then turned into a, a tearaway quick was Mitchell stark um so what? I'm assuming I mean you like it's a life for life here I, I think maybe you've gone down the, the the wrong path with footy, and maybe you'd stayed with the tearaway quick. You might have been. <laughs> well, I, I definitely would have been just as quick and just as dangerous. But I
2: unfortunately, chose the the footy left. path. But left arm um, as well, I aren't mean, you? Nah, I'm. I'm right. I bat left. Ah, but I'm a right arm. Yeah, right arm over the wicket. Thanks,
0: umpire. What Thank was you your much. stock? What was your stock ball, Goldie?
2: Um, no, just a little bit of in swing, but not much. <laughs> just more. More up and down. You've got to understand, we're not playing on turf and in Pakenham. It's, it's a synthetic wicket. So um, you kind of you work your way up from C grade to B grade still with a two piece. Um, and then the four piece comes in for A grade. So that in swing starts to you know, <laughs> not swing as far as what you hope it would. Actually,
0: we're talking 15 years. I used to swing it a mile. You know? <laughs> the story has to grow. I'm assuming you had a bit of a front on action maybe fell away a little bit and just yeah, in swing the exactly. ball and, and and your threat was the one that straightened.
2: Yeah, the, the, the accidental straight one.
0: About, a, bit
2: of, a good bit of bounce, as you can imagine, on the, a bouncy, synthetic wicket. So you just get him to nip a little bit and that was enough at, at that grade.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, you're always good at hitting the seam, mate. So you, you present that yeah. seam, use that bit of extra height, bit of bounce, Um Get them playing back and then and, and surprise them with the full one.
2: Yeah, exactly. And we used to play. Big, <laughs> I was surprised myself with the full one usually. That's probably not where I'm aiming for. The guy that was that was buying from the other end used to ball cross seam the whole time. So I'd have I'd have a good over, you know, and you'd kind of have a few rough spots around the seam, but then I'd get it back and it would just be a mess. No. So, so it's basically the end of my day from there on in. But, no swing. No,
0: well, no, um, well, – it. A... I'm a former swing bowler. I am the bowlologist. If you're holding yeah. cross seam with the new ball, name and shame, who was it? His name was Shannon O'Brien, you know. O'Brien.
2: And he you just can't trust him. Can't trust <laughs> the O'Briens. But the thing is he did get well, he'd get it to nip just every now and then, but the damage that that would be done to the you know to the side that you're trying to shine. It's
1: yeah, there's no coming back from that.
2: And he's uh, never but, he's
1: never hit <laughs> You never hit the same side six times, so you're not coming back with <laughs> no, a ball no. in perfect conditions. Absolutely. It's just both gone. But
2: in saying that, in saying that, with my talent alone, I'd still got it to, oh, to hoop back in. in and, right, yeah, now you want to you want to talk about some spells? I, how, how long
0: how long do we have? I could be here all day. Well, <laughs> give us give us your favourite a spell or a ball that, that you remember. I
2: was I was actually talking to Hank um, just this week about it. It was it was my final game. Um, believe it or not. And this is where my my career could have taken off. Of. Yeah, he took the the, li- the limelight and my attention. But I was out at Clyde and we we're meant to play on turf just this this week alone and heavy rain um, through that week, of course. Uh, sent us back to the, the Clyde home ground and on the synthetic. New pill down the hill, as we said. Um, got it and, then, and I, I took four and they were all bowled which I, yeah, I'll yeah, i hold on to that, I've, and I've held onto it very tightly since. Um, even one guy left it outside off stump. I mean, when you got the sack off the long run, hooping him in, you can't be leaving those balls. So, <laughs> off stump, probably off and middle, out of the ground.
1: Um, and, and then and that then was it. Cue yeah. the rack. <laughs> Perfect. If you're going to end on a game, <laughs> you know where shoulder yeah. and arms and forfeit, thanks yeah. for coming.
2: Let's not talk about the batting performance because that kind of fell away pretty dramatically uh, once I started in start the ball. But.
0: And Goldie, so um, we will finish, I think, with your, your favourite uh, cricket eleven of all time. But but for your footy, yeah. let, let's go to you know the obvious highlight, two thousand and ten, um, Grand Final, yeah. the, the the replay. Yeah, can you talk about how you come into the team and then um, your mum backed you, didn't she? And she didn't, and you didn't let her down. Yeah.
2: No, nah, she knows a good thing when she sees it. Uh, she also backed me for best on ground, so she probably doesn't know a good thing when she sees it. But no, I, it was, it was, I'm not telling lies here, guys. This is all true. She um, she had five bucks for best on ground and for first goal. I said, keep the money in the bank, mum. It'll, it'll gain more interest overnight. Uh, but sure enough, because I'll start on the bench. But let's go, if we go a week earlier, um, yeah. I got dropped. So I played the prelim um, and we smacked the Cats, you know, 10 goals or thereabouts. So you're kind of thinking the team has produced what we wanted and going to the grand final, and you're you're quietly confident you hold your spot. But I was still fairly young, only a few years in, um, and a little bit nervous um, at the selection table. And like we know, it didn't go my way. Didn't find out until later in the week. So you're still kind of hanging on for that that bit of hope um, until late in the week. And Mick gave me the news. Uh, It was on the Friday, the day before which is nice. Um, yeah, but then, and then you go, so from then, and like, you know, a bit of disappointment, you kind of, you get drafted to play and then you play to play finals and finals, obviously to win a granny. So to get to that final bit um, and, and not see it through was, was disappointing, but it, your mindset turns pretty quickly. We're in team sport for a reason um, and it's not for self-accolades, but to you know, get the, you know, the premiership and the, the glory for the team. So you kind of turn your attention to the, the guys playing and you know, oh, let's go out there and, and win if i'm not playing i still don't want st kilda to win you know i'm not i wasn't <laughs> that bitter at the decision there's still there's still 22 of my mates going out 21 of my mates no <laughs> of my mates. and uh so then but then yeah like we know that the draw the draw happened and we had to come back and um, and play another one another game and mick was kinder kinder to me on that week where he told me on the tuesday so Called me into his office on the Tuesday. I thought, well, this is going one of two ways. I'm going to enjoy this week or not. And and then he said, yeah, gave me the thumbs up and said, you yeah, get ready to play. Um, oh, and yeah, the rest is history. I started on the bench and came on about five minutes on. And Trav Cloak had a shot and sprayed it and hit me lace out. I mean, he said he was passing, but yeah, um, <laughs> no, I think it uh, generally was passing, passing the ball. And he got me in, yeah, eighty-seven to one mum cleaned up
1: It was good thanks for coming yeah um it wasn't too bad you touched on a bit there goldie um but in the space of two weeks you've gone from like an extreme high winning the prelim to an extreme low to to not being able to play to then you know actually i'll get another chance at this grand final business uh and then and then winning it um Take us just a little bit more through the those emotions that you that you're feeling, and if there was anything you did between the weeks to either keep you level or anyone you spoke to um, to try and yeah to to work through something so yeah. high and low like that.
2: I think, uh, I mean, the, the first week is kind of that's hard because you it's not hard, but you just kind of you're just focused on playing and you don't really you can't envision getting dropped, you're just kind of holding on to hope. Like, yeah, let's just, let's train as, as best as I can. It's a seven-day break, you know. So you, you have that time. It might have been an eight-day break, actually. So you, you have the time to prove to the coaches that you, you're feeling good, um, you're ready to go, um, and try and keep sowing the seed. Gee, I played well on the weekend, didn't I? <laughs> How about that kick that I didn't get? No. Nah. But, yeah, so, you, so the, the week leading up is just all about, yeah, hoping that it goes your way. Um, from the moment that it, it doesn't, well, then you start to reflect, you start putting things into perspective. Um, so, th- yeah, there's a, you know, a bit of disappointment straight away. Um, but I'd be, I'd be naive to think that it wasn't going to go a different way being so late in the week until it was, you know confirmed. So you'd, if, if I knew for sure, I would have found out on, on the Wednesday, uh, for example. So the fact that it got dragged on, um, you start losing a little bit of hope um, by the hour almost. Yeah. So then, you. But then, yeah, so you get told and then you put things in into perspective. I've kind of, you know, come from a, a background where we're just kind of just, you know, happy-go-lucky, so to say, and just kind of very thankful for where we are and we've worked hard for, for everything we've got. Um, so, so you have that where, well, I obviously didn't put myself in a position where they couldn't drop me. It was kind of my main thought. If I'd played so well and I'd been playing so well in the lead-up then, there's no way they could drop me, and they just have to pick me. So, a little bit has to fall on me. Um, and yeah, you know, you'd be yeah yeah you'd be you'd be silly, and you wouldn't be a, a professional athlete if you if you kept blaming the coaches for the decisions made. Um, that's it's mainly up to you. And then personally, I had a, a best friend of mine that went through some um, went through a hard time. When I got drafted, he was working on a um, on, on a farm like a an, a ranch in Broken Hill um, as a jackaroo, and he had an accident. He broke his neck, um, so I kind of saw what he went through early days and and fought through. Um, as my you know footy career took off, and you know his life seemingly went the other way. Um, and he's he's battled on and showed you know great resistance and you know resilience through that. Um, so you kind of put put your life into perspective that you know it's not all bad. It's a game of footy, oh, and definitely. yes, we're here to do to do that. But then you still have that in the background. So. Not to say that you can't enjoy things when it falls your way, but also not that, yeah, the life's not over, you know. So, so I kind of had that, and then it comes to the day of the game, and then you're in the rooms, and it's like, well, go out there, boys, let's do this, let's let's win. Because, you know, not being part of a winning team is still better than being part of a losing team or not being part of a losing team. So, um, yeah, and yeah. then it was the siren goes and think, well, oh, now's my second second chance, um, what can we do? So, it was me. Tarkamaki, Cameron Wood, straight back to the what was the Lexus Centre at the time, and smashed ourselves on the treadmill and gave ourselves every chance to to play. Uh, so Maxie tells a story. Nick Maxwell of him coming in after the game and he just hears this thumping on treadmills and opens the door to our altitude room and there's the three of us. Um, admittedly, Woody's probably not going quite as fast as what we are. Yeah. But <laughs> a big ruck, big ruckman, and can't really get can't turn the legs over as quick, but. He was trying his heart out. Um, and then, yeah, then from there you get the news early on and then you can just enjoy it. Um, you got huge numbers to training each day. Um, the sun's out. This, the grass smells a little bit different in finals football. So, yeah, you just can enjoy that. And, yeah, without the fanfare of the, the parade and all that leading up to the second game, you just get down in business. So mm. it was good going. after the game. <laughs> and
1: then after so, the game, Pete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we might we might touch on after the game uh, a little bit
0: later. Uh, I think we'll get the, there. Sort of
1: um, mento- mentors.
0: I was actually filling in for Triple M Brecky, um on the Monday uh, with Eddie and with two minutes to go, uh, the producer goes, Ed's not here, you're going to have to lead us in. And I've got, oh, I haven't even thought about this. Um, yeah. Ten seconds to go. Ed comes in in his suit and just goes on a five ten minute rant. Like unbelievable, <laughs> you know how good's this for footy and what, what what an absolute freak. But um, after the draw, I mean, I think like St Kilda felt like they should have won that that the first granny. Um, what yeah. what was the feeling within Collingwood? Like um, you know that might have been the case, and we've got another chance, or. Um, that that no nah, no nah, we can win this and obviously the game was like a dream really from ten minutes into the first quarter.
2: Yeah, the thought was we hadn't played our best footy on the you know the the first grand final. We we're still in it, but they were they were coming home with a wet sail. So they um yeah they if there was another five minutes to go, you'd think that they yeah they would have come over the top. And there was a, an unlucky bounce.
0: Uh, <laughs> in the
2: um, that, you know, how to go the other way, That then you do lose it. But, um, yeah, stars aligned, got the second chance. And I think the, the next week, we were so, we were, we were even more confident knowing that we had played so poorly. You know, at the time, you think you're playing badly, or, you know, they did. I've not put myself in that, you know, in that <laughs> cut. I didn't play badly at all. I exactly. Cheered exactly my heart out. You were great in the stands, uh, mate. Hell. <laughs> yeah. I burst on in the stands. Um, but then just realising we did so much wrong, put those into action, and yeah, and away we went, and yeah, never looked back. And it was it. one of the days to win a grand final in that that manner, um, where you you can put the game away and enjoy the last quarter.
1: It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty nice. In terms of your prep going into a grand final, did that change at all? Like I know, sort of the the lead-in week, you know, maybe a bit different, considering that um, it was obviously the replay of of the draw, but. Did you change anything from your normal game, I don't know, superstitions or, or routine or whatever you have, or did you just kind of just take it as just another game?
2: Um, no, I think you just we're, – we're creatures of habit um, in, a, in a sense that you find something that works and you don't want to stray too far from that, whether it's that superstition or it's just routine. Um, it's, I always put it down there. It's like drying yourself after you have a shower. You dry yourself the same every single time. You don't know you're doing it, but you just do it because that's just what you know, and that's just what you feel is the best way to get you prepared to get dressed. Well, that, I think that's pretty similar with a with a, with a a footy week where you kind of you do your training. The sessions are the same each each week in a sense if you have a main session, you know, a day off into a, a captain's run. So kind of once you get to your day off, everything lines up the same, and, and you just got to go through the, the motions. It's It's like similar when you play interstate, I mean, we don't go there that often, or we never used to. But once you get on the plane, you don't have to think <laughs> because everything's just lined up and you just kind of roll on. So um, I think we're, we're creatures of habit um, and routine-driven um, and routine-based. And, yep. yeah, so the less thinking, the better. Um, and then you just know, even for a meal before a game, I, I don't eat the same meal because I'm superstitious about it. I just know that that one works, um, and I'm probably too scared to try another one uh, from week to week. <laughs>
0: Hey mate, and after after you won the granny, did you go straight back on the the treadmill or did you decide to have a few beers? Uh, Yeah, no, I thought I was in pretty good shape at that
2: stage, so I thought I'd done (laughs) enough work, It was time to let myself go. Well, it was weird, because the season got pushed back a week later, it meant everyone's holidays came forward a week earlier from the, the season end, so usually you have a bit of time around Melbourne, a week or so, but... Everyone had their holidays booked in, so you only had yeah. you know, three, three, four, five days uh, to celebrate, which seems like a lot. But it's not. It's not enough. <laughs> I mean, it's, a big, it's a big effort. It's a big effort. <laughs> so, uh, Need a couple of weeks for so we uh, something like that. Yeah, and, and then, you know, to make matters worse, it was tenth, was a 10-year reunion this year, and we had a big three-day oh. gala um, over in Melbourne, so I thought I'd get the weekend over. We played Geelong on the Friday, and then we have a couple of functions. And the Sunday was to for the players, and it just all all can. So it's, um, we'll have to eleventh year anniversary next year. <laughs> Fingers crossed. If if, if Victoria gets get into shape and sort themselves out,
1: maybe well, everyone everyone has to go into a two week quarantine. Just come to Adelaide with you, mate. <laughs> It will be worth it. I can guarantee you.
0: <laughs> well, just on that, Goldie, uh, Goldie, we have a, a segment called our guide to you know bowling an outswinger or surviving rooming with Nerve yeah. Hughes. Um, could you talk about your guide to surviving celebrating with the Collingwood Rat Pack?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, take your time. It would be the... <laughs> no, well, it's... This, this, no, name yeah, yeah,
0: the, okay. the the Rat Pack.
2: So the, the Rat Pack from kind of from start to finish would include Alan Dydak, Ben Johnson, Heath Shaw, <laughs> Dane Swan, Chris Tarrant and Reese Shaw. <laughs> and that would be the start to finish. Obviously, um, Taz and Reese I only played with Reese in, in my first year um, and Taz <laughs> later on actually when he came back. So I didn't get the full Rat Pack. For the full for the full 13 years I was there, but you know, just a few years was enough. And yeah, the, the strong, strong group of did Swanee, Ben Johnson, Heath Shaw was you kind of want to you want to time your run a little bit. You don't want to get overexcited. How good's this? Let's get into it. Let's see how many beers we can put down. Because you you're not going to win and you're not going <laughs> to enjoy the afternoon, let alone 11, 12 o'clock during the day. So it's about kind of just coming in and then going out, you know, so you kind of, you come in, bit of time, bit of fun, right? I'm just going to go isolate myself a little bit. So we've we've been, I've been self isolated for years. This is not a new thing. (laughs) Um, Under COVID rules, well, you can't just give yourself, you can't give yourself fully to the Rat Pack for the whole day or night. It's just not going to end well. So that's Where was Daisy
0: Thomas uh, in the rankings there? Daisy.
2: So Daisy, Daisy found himself kind of um, edging towards the Rat Pack later on in the career. Whether by default or want to to be be in there, um, maybe more of the of the latter. Um, and then I guess you need, you need a couple of misdemeanors to get you know, a true yes. to be true rat pack. So um, he didn't have the misdemeanors early. He probably has lately. Um, so probably, <laughs> so he probably is now. Yeah, he's he's now in the rat pack um, post retirement. Um, so, but uh, he's always been around. His is very lively, very up and about. So.
0: Again, not one to to stay clear of early early in the day. Well, I hope you heed your own warning next year at the eleventh anniversary. Then, Goldie. <laughs> Absolutely not.
2: No, it's no holds barred at eleven years. There's no footy career to worry about now, so I, you know, I can just drink as much beer as I want. Won't, really be, won't, be go, so. your, won't be saving yourself.
1: Won't be saving yourself for day three. Then just so hard?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. we a heavily degrading wicket, and I'm looking to score runs day one, day two.
1: Smart, mate. You're your Chennai wicket turning square by day three. You've got to make your runs day one and three.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not great against spin, so I just want to play the ball and it's merits early. Nice straight pl-
0: play your shots. Play your shots. And, and, Goldie, unfortunately, a sign of your career was injuries and illness as well. Can you talk yeah. about you know, a few of those through the through the journey? yeah um so early on
2: was illness and then later on was was injury um, and they're kind of separated so I had viral meningitis early um, which it's an infection of the fluid around your brain and spine which is it's pretty nasty it's not it's not comfortable nah. uh, so I was a, a week in hospital for that one and um, I'm, I have the body shape where if I'm not doing weights um, or eating enough I I'll, I'll just drop uh, drop weight so I lost about ten kilos. When I had that, because I was you know, laid up, not eating, um, and that was that was 2010. So that was the first. I missed the first half of 2010 on the back of that. Um, we played up at uh, Alice Springs. It was in a preseason game, um, and they say there's two, there's two ways of getting meningitis. You know, bitten by a mosquito, or you can eat poo. So, <laughs> okay, the mozzies are right up there, and I'm going with them. I'm going with the mozzies, and you can't talk me otherwise. Uh, oh, that, no. So that's, that was 10 And then 11 I had um, Glandular fever um, Again oh. Just at the, back in the pre-season So um, That was Hospital bound for a week again um, Lost Yeah 14 kilos For that one um, Again Couldn't Just couldn't eat for About 3 weeks um, So obviously you going to lose weight So then just trying to Build up from, There was probably, The meningitis was Bad early days As in painful bad Glandular fever Was coming back was the hard part because you have to really slowly get yourself in there. Yeah. I remember I was, I was walking the TAM one day on my recovery back and my heart rate was about you know 160 just walking and it's just because your body can't deal with the, the extra pressure or stress. So, so that took a little bit um, to get back, but yeah, we do. In in good time, you get back. Um, and then from there, I went kind of surgery after surgery uh, in the sense of every pre-season or end of season. Ankle. So I've had ankle surgery. Um, I've had two knee surgeries, hip surgery, shoulder surgery, thumb surgery. I've broken my nose. Um, yeah, clearly, clearly, uh, about four, four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, the last time I went under to get it straightened to make sure they do a good job. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't do a good job. It's still.
0: <laughs> I'll be getting my money I did back. did the
2: first. Yeah, yeah. Jack Kennedy was. I did the first couple in the chair. and Thought I'm never doing that again. Uh, but, yeah, but they're, they're injuries and you do come back from um, what what changes your mindset is whether or not the injury's okay and the surgery you can deal with, it's just coming back and whether or not you can put yourself at risk of getting it again. Um, and you've got to weigh that up. I guess you get a little bit sorer as you get older. Um, I say old in football years, you know, 30 is old, yeah, 33 now. But it's just kind of that trying to fight back with the risk of, you know, redoing it.
1: Which is I hard. guess... Sort of the the injury that that kind of stands out for me, and it it probably stands out because I knew you during the time, um, was in 2018 and you you did your ACL, what was it, the the last game before the season started, uh, which is basically a season-ending injury, especially that close to the season. Um, You're talking about coming back from something like that this is this is something that happens, you know, close to the end of your career. How driven were you to get back from something like that in time to try and play some games to potentially, you know, further your your career again?
2: Yeah, I guess it's it came at the I don't say the perfect time. There's no perfect time, but age-wise, it came at a time where I could I could rush myself back in a sense of I wasn't risking further injury or oh, the, the risk of further injury wasn't great in a sense of if I if I redid it coming back well I'd just hang the boots up and I'd be okay with that so I kind of I did it uh, yeah like I said so it was a week or two weeks before the start of the season um, I had surgery opening night of the season because uh, Julian <laughs> Fellow was away snow skiing at the time so I said oh I'll wait I'll wait for you mate don't worry take your time um but it it also allowed me to do a lot of stuff um, in the in the gym uh, to prepare myself to get surgery. So that was a real benefit um, in hindsight. Uh, so you you don't lose as much muscle if you do the work before surgery. And then coming back, it was just like, oh um, I'm all in here. so whatever it takes, you just give me the program um, and i'll I'll push the boundaries where I see fit. There, there's two ways of doing it. You can go off a timeline um, or or you can go off a schedule um, or a checklist. so, the checklist comes with a timeline or recommended timeline. I said, Oh, let's just get rid of that. I said, when I hit these things or these marks allow me to progress. And you know, we, we had a mutual agreement with the the medicos. I said, guys, I'm about to make you look really good. Just let me go about my business. Uh, But but they were, I mean, they were concerned because they don't want, they don't want that on their conscience where a player is trying to return too quickly. uh, And he goes down again, uh, which you see happen all too often uh, with recurring knees. So, yeah. Oh. Um, so you. So then I yeah just pushed it along and got to a stage where I'm um I'm ready to play and they're like you you can't come back that soon. They thought I'd come back early, but not not as early as I did. So I got to so how many weeks, weeks was that?
0: Oh, nineteen. Wow.
2: Nineteen. Yeah, I got to nineteen and got the full you know ticket approval and all clear right to play. Um, but I actually had wrecked my back uh, about two weeks before that. Doing doing all the weights and all the rest of it. So so that actually helped me out for three weeks. So I did uh, get cortisone uh, or epidural, I had to get local anaesthetic all the way down my spine and some
1: some nerves um, burnt in my back from a back is surgery. That, is that one of those things where um, because your legs are injured, you just spend all your time on your upper body, like trying to get your pipes going and and you know bigger wow. back, bigger chest, bigger tries. Bigger <laughs> eyes. Um, wow, wow
2: uh kind of. So no that was actually because I was squatting, so spine compression from squatting. But oh. let's talk about the upper body. When I every time someone's done their knee in the past, and they've gone to Europe, uh, Europe for a European summer holiday. So as soon as I did it and I found out I did it, I was pretty emotional. You know, I'm about to miss the year. I get home and my wife Chelsea goes, So, Europe? <laughs> so Chelsea's just been told I've done my ACL. <laughs> I could just let the dust settle, just just a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, but we did. We booked it in uh, and went to <laughs> Europe. So the, <laughs> so, so the first kind of six weeks, seven weeks um, at the club, I'm like, I'll do the legs, but I also need you know, an hour a day just to try and get me in some sort of shape. Um, as you can see, it doesn't come naturally. So just wanted <laughs> to look my best over in Europe. Um, I think we achieved that somewhat. Um, hey, so and we, um,
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And with all the, um, you know, disappointment, selection, illness, injury, was that in some ways what pushed you towards coaching? Uh,
2: I always had a passion for it. I had good coaches early on. Um, Alan Richardson, uh, Gavin Brown, Brad Scott, um, in in the development stages of my career. Um, And I just, I really enjoyed the way they went about it, where it was more about the feeling between the coach and the player um, and, yeah, a little bit of kind of skill development, of course, um, but but more about insight and how do I get the best out of a player um, and not just a one-size-fits-all. Um, so, you know, work one-on-one with you and, and a different one-on-one with you because, you know, you're yeah. different players and you, and you respond differently. So I really enjoyed that and spending oh, it was 13 years in the system and you can pick apart little bits from different coaches. Um, and, it, yeah, I, I enjoy working, you know, with people one-on-one, uh, and especially guys that I think have room to develop. Um, so, yeah, this opportunity came up in in Adelaide, and yeah, I, I was I was thrilled. So, got a few years here in Adelaide and at, at
1: Port. Um, obviously, a little bit different this year. Is that um, now looking at Port? They were out of the top eight last year. <laughs> they go and recruit one Tyson Goldsack, and they're sitting top of the table. Um, <laughs> Is that completely just down to you?
2: Well, it would have to be very coincidental, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> mate, for it to just go. Um, I mean, there is only one major change in the coaching department as far as I've, I've seen. So.
1: <laughs> sounds now, like all... the coaching philosophy is working, mate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, to be fair, they've got a, they've got a great list. Uh, last year, we saw a few guys debut. I mean, oh. Rosie and Butters and Dersner, and they're, they're stars. So yeah. they've just kind of, yeah. Injected that excitement um, to the players that were already there and that they had a good core um, and everyone's just, just playing their role and um, the yeah, Ken's doing a great job um, just keeping everyone aligned. Um, assistant coaches are great. So for me personally, to not develop – so now I'm talking as, for my development as a coach, I see it as a, I'm into my apprenticeship as a coach and I've got great people to learn off. Um, Brett Montgomery is, is my yeah. line coach. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a genius and I get to work with him day in, day out, which is which is great. So. I'll just pick his brain as much as I can.
0: And it's a bit of a trendy role, isn't it, the the, the playing coach? We, you know, we see it in the the, the VFL. You know, Brett Deledio was going to do it, I think Andy Ottens for, for Box Hill. It hasn't worked. Will you look to still try and play next year? Uh, yeah, well, I will.
2: I will. I am getting a bit long in the tooth. But, I mean, I've had – well, now I, well, I pretty much had 18 off, played 19. I've had this year off, so – if I'm just going to be American one, one, I could play so I'm forty. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be, that'll be great. So I'm, I still, I still get to train. So actually, when if we're lower numbers or or odd numbers at training, I'll throw me a jumper and, and in I go. So I still get to to play or train with them um, during the week. But I was yeah, I was really looking forward to it because yeah. a lot happens on the field, which which from a coaching perspective you don't really get to see or feel in the box. So to be out there and then I'd be kind of you know going through the game on vision and coding it. I would have been out there to feel what it felt like and what kind of pressure you're under or the voice out there. So you can kind of get that feeling, which I think would go a
1: long way in your development and and how you kind of help your players get better. Because uh, you are closer to the player age than probably some of the other coaches, do you find yourself as that sort of little mediator maybe between player and coach, kind of sometimes sticking up for the players if a coach is absolutely going to town on them?
2: Um, uh, yeah, less so sticking up from, but more so, um, in planning, um, when they talk about something or how would a player be feeling about a certain, if it's feedback, um, you know, on the back of a game or so. how would that be best received or, you know, and best given. Um, and also just when I, if I take training, it's like, I'll, I'll give you guys a rest. Cause I know how hard this drill is because I, I was just doing it, you know, or, yeah. you know, in order to get quality out, where as a coach, if you're out for a few years, I think you tend to forget that that you actually get better quality of training um, with a spell, and you know, players appreciate that. Yeah, you know, get them in, have a chat, um, just for younger blokes to learn off the older blokes by you know working with each other more. Um, I think is beneficial. So, yeah, I don't. You know, I think coaches do forget it pretty quickly um, if you don't stay right involved and right on top of it. So. At the moment, um, I've got the the lens of a of a player still, uh, but in a coaching role. So, I'll try and impart what I see as much as I can, but without being the squeaky wheel, of course. No,
0: I just think it's unique and it's it's a great role to, to have that balance. That's fantastic, and 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 yeah, you're a long time retired too, so to play. But a um, couple of more questions. Want to finish with the, your all time cricket eleven, but. Um, People ask why I get so annoyed at AFL umpires, and, and this is a scenario right here. You played 165 great games for Collingwood and didn't get one bloody Brownlow vote. All right, so yeah, well, if I if I had They're to identify one, Goldie, 2007 round 21, right? Uh, you beat the Swans by 25 City? points. Yeah, I, I know. Goodie, Goodie gets three votes. I don't even know why. So it, the winning team. Swanee gets two, right, and um, Pendlebury gets one, right? Swanee gets twenty for 24 possessions. I mean, that's half of what he normally gets. I'll give Pendles his one vote. You got 25 bloody disposals, and you had four tackles. And Swanee had one. I think I was playing on Mickey O'Loughlin at the time
2: too. So. First, and you gave him a bar. Year. Absolute <laughs> bar. I don't know if you've got his stats there, but... They wouldn't look tricky. Pretty, uh, pretty sorry if uh, you're watching on there, Mick.
0: But... <laughs> no, he, had but six, I was, he had six disposals, so I, I've been doing a little thing and, and, and it's a pastime of mine. I, I want retrospective Brownlow votes given and uh, sure. you're going to be my first case. Are you with me?
2: Of course. Okay, <laughs> of course. Hey, am, I, am I getting one or two?
0: Or three? No, you're getting three because Goodsy they lost. I know really? Goodsy's a superstar, oh. but I'm giving you three because you had the most possessions, Perfect. more than swanning at that. Um, I to although, finish. Although
2: it's, oh sorry, what's what's more important? What's more important, having a three votes or having the record of not getting a Brownlow vote? Longest serving Collingwood player without a Brownlow vote.
0: Yeah, but guess That's, what? I there was a Brownlow. Records night. are good. I, I, I tweeted out to Tom Lonigan and he was up to 250, and I said, "Good luck, big fella." And he liked the yeah. tweet. He, he didn't get a vote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, mate, what, what about your favourite cricket eleven? Can you do that quickly?
2: All right. Yep, I can. So it's got it's going through the years that I was really into cricket. Uh, so 2002, three onwards. Um, so keep that in mind. And it's not just the cricket ability, but they're off field as well. So got Matthew Hayden. Opening with Bobby Quiney because Bobby's great on the on the drink after hours, which <laughs> I like. Ponting Ponting's at three, yeah. probably the captain. Fair to say. P.S.P. Hanskim comes in at four. Again, Thanks, I know what he can do. I know what he can do off the field, which yeah, you know, it's a big tick. Mike Hussey, I love Hus. Mister um, yeah. Cricket. Left-handers. Mister Cricket, i am i am a I'm a left-hander myself, so there's a few lefties in here. I was tossed up between Wade and Gilly for the Keith Musician. I asked Hank if he wanted it. He said, "I don't want the gloves." So I said, "Fair enough." So ah. Wade gets it. Again, I'm probably I'm putting myself in first sleep if I'm there. Um, yeah. So I want that good. I want a good chat from the wiki keeper. Um, so he's in. Uh, Mitchell Johnson obviously um, is ruthless and love the way he goes about it. Warning at eight because um, again off field stuff. Not a bad bowler. Sure, <laughs> off field will bring a lot. Um, I need Nath Lyon in there as well. You know because I, I like his. I like his off-field stuff, not so much on the drink, but just having a good time and, <laughs> and locking down one end. Um, now I've got McGrath and Gillespie to round out my bowlers, but if I need a more batting more batters, then maybe Damien Martin comes in. I'm tossing oh, up. Yeah. I don't know where to sit. Depends on where I'm going. Just, I mean, right-handed, but just, yeah, love love what he bring and love what he what he did back in the day. So that's Goldie. What that
0: and that's that is absolute gold. Um, we'll be getting that out there. But, uh, mate, thanks a lot for coming on the Ballology Report. Most of all, well done in your career, but good luck with the, with the coaching career there at Port Adelaide.
2: Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. been a mate, lot of great, fun. Great stuff, Nolly. <laughs>
0: hey, go to the Yabbies. Go to the Yabbies. <laughs> if you
2: ever find yourself in packing them up, huh? swing by and say, say g'day.
0: Goal <laughs> <laughs> sack. First goal of the grand final. Not too many. Probably Ad hey, Pete, how good was that? Talking to, to Goldie.
1: Oh, awesome. He's a he's a great man, Goldie. Always uh, always up for a bit of banter, a bit of fun. Um, but a smart man as well. He he knows what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, I think uh, at the end of his career, you know, you could see that his teammates admire him. Um, He's going to do some good things in the coaching world and um, who knows, might get the ball in hand, ball and bounces at some stage. But um, hey, mate, uh, Goldie was fantastic. Um, just finishing up, a shout-out to our Mexican listeners of the last podcast. Maybe you inspired them, Pete. Uh, all two of them. Um, yep. I wanted to give an update on Mexican cricket, you know, the games between the Tequilas, the Super Kings and the Tyrants. but I looked up the Mexican cricket website and all it had was, in big headlines, no upcoming events at the moment.
1: Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. So, it's going big in Mexico.
0: Well, we might have to go over there and do a biology report by that and catch up with those two cricket fans, I would have thought. But, um, hey, mate, thanks a lot. We'll be back next week with another big name. Uh, to everyone out there, particularly us Victorians, stay safe, be responsible, but well played, Pete, and we'll be back next week. Look forward to a flame.
2: ACAS powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.